You're listening to Select by a Mass, a series of conversations with creators and community enthusiasts where we have them share their personal stories and a connection to street culture. The Amass team is driven to bridging the gap between generations through content, conversations, and community. What's up, this is Dalen, and today we'll be sitting down with James Faulkner, owner and one-man operation of the archive and designer menswear store, Faulkner. We'll hear how thrifting a Stone Island piece from Valley Village led him to opening a brick and mortar in Vancouver, how he traded a Stussy t-shirt for some Isemiyaki during a buying trip in Japan, and his recent launch of reworked clothing. Hey James, I just want to say that I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to hop on a call with us. Uh, how have you been doing, man? Like, how was your weekend? Yeah, no, of course. It's uh, it's 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 really fun to do these kind of things, and it's nice. Uh, it's uh, in previous jobs I've had, I've never really had to do this stuff, so it, it's cool to do. And yeah, my weekend was nice. I went uh, just away to Gibson's. Uh, and just chilled out in an Airbnb. So pretty, pretty chill. Weekend, oh, sick! So you you uh, took a little trip off of Vancouver and went onto the island. Yeah, I think it's nice to get out of the city at the moment. It it feels so. Uh, it's it's a bit bleak at the moment being here. Obviously with COVID, there's nothing to do. The weather's not the best. So just yeah, just get that little break, get out of the city, kind of refresh. It's super nice. Yeah, it, it's been freezing lately too. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny. Even though I'm British, I hate the cold, so I'm like, oh, um, yeah. It's been freezing. It's been raining. I'm just I'm looking forward to the summer months again. To be honest, yeah, for sure. I feel you. <laughs> so, so to kick things off, can you give some background for our listeners as to how your store Faulkner came to be? Um, you know, were you always into fashion and had it always been a dream of yours to open up your own shop? Yeah. So this, the store was, um, it was, it was a really crazy whirlwind to be honest with you. And I think that's how the store ended up on the downtown East side as well. Uh, I only moved to Vancouver in uh, September, 2016. And then the store opened in May, 2017, and what, what brought so, you to Vancouver? Like, just, I think, a change of pace. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I lived a lot of places, and I was living back in London, in England. And as amazing as England is, it's as London is, it's, it's one pace. It's a crazy pace. And I think I was there for a few years and had a great time, but it was, it was time to move on, try something different. And I'd spent time on the West Coast before as a soccer coach in California. So I knew I loved the West Coast and yeah, it was, it was just good timing for me wanting to try something different and yeah, I ended up in Vancouver. So yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been an unbelievable journey since I've been here to be honest with you. Um, so you were, yeah. you were, you were coaching soccer, you said, and then now, and now you're, yeah, you're here in the fashion I, scene. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I was much younger. I was only like 21 at the time and yeah, that that was an awesome experience. Like I played soccer my whole life, and then uh, got the opportunity to go over to the states and coach it, and that was awesome. And I think that's when I really fell in love with North America, and thought, oh, you know, at some point I want to live in North America. Um, so yeah, so the, the soccer thing's a long, long time ago now. Um, but yeah, obviously I started like I've been working in fashion before that as well in England. Oh, like so it, any any shops that we would know? Well, probably not. They wouldn't know, but not like self, it. like before Selfridges and 
all that? Yeah, it was it was more kind of like smaller independent stores, I think. Uh, selling really cool designers, a lot of Stone Island. I oh, growing up in England, yeah. you know, we've been wearing Stone Island since probably like the late eighties. Um, strangely enough, like in a lot of our stores, we carry like Ralph Lauren's really big in Europe. So cool. there was a, a lot of cool brands I worked with when I was younger, and I think that's what really inspired me to kind of to get into fashion in Vancouver. And yeah, I've just always loved clothes and, um, you know, I, I love brands, but it, it, brands are everything to me. It's, it's more about styles, I think for me, for sure. Um, it's surprising, I think sometimes, cause obviously everyone relates my store to a lot of brands, but, um, but uh, you know, I, I find the brands I try and stock, I, I really fuck with the styles. So yeah, so the, I opened the store in the, the May of 2017, so it was a pretty big whirlwind. And the inspiration from that really was um, I met a guy who was super into vintage clothing here. And oh. he just, yeah, he, he just wouldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> and uh, he would tell me about like thrifting. I'd never been thrifting before in my life. And um, I went to like a value village. And I found something pretty cool, and I was like, I couldn't believe you could find this. You were you were hooked. Yeah, because in Europe it doesn't work like that. Like we don't have mass thrift stores like you do in North America. Yeah. So what was so, what was this piece that you found that that? It was actually a Stone Island piece. No way. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it, and it was like eight dollars. Like <laughs> what the fuck? I just it, my my brain was completely like. Uh, I was like perplexed because I was just like, what the hell is this place? Like, honestly, even when I tell my friends in Europe now, they, they can't quite wrap their head around the thrift mentality, even though it's become super popular and it's changing. It, it's different in Europe and we don't have these mass places where you can get secondhand clothes um, or, you know, thrifted clothes. So, yeah, that, you know, and uh, I was going to a lot of the vintage stores in Vancouver and yeah. they were all amazing, but they're all very North American. I thought a lot of Levi's, a lot of plaid, which is super cool. Very West coast. <laughs> yeah. Very West coast, that very kind of hipstery vibe. And I was, I was thinking, oh, you know, the vintage stores in London are quite different. Um, and yeah, I kind of wanted to do my take on what I perceive to be more of a vintage store or, a, you know, secondhand store uh so that's how the store was born really it was just very innocent kind of thing where i met someone who was into vintage and everything just seemed to happen for a reason and yeah it was very cool yeah no that's awesome so without really revealing too much of your you know your secrets and and your sources of how you obtain all these um you know all your inventory um how you know how has that process switched up in the like the last year due to due to covid like with traveling restrictions like i'm, I'm guessing um a lot of what what you've what you would have done would would trap be like you know traveling around the world perhaps or you know how do you go about obtaining that inventory yeah definitely way way harder at the moment like e everything feels harder at the moment um you know i, I in terms of the items, the items have always come from multiple multiple avenues. So I did a buying trip in Japan. Oh. I um, yeah, that was that was very that was very cool. That was very surreal actually because it was the first time I'd ever been to Japan. 
And I was literally just running around for like a week trying to find every store I could to find dope clothing. Very surreal, but very cool. Um, so that was an avenue I explored, like buying online um, auction sites from Japan, going to Japan. Uh, I would thrift here. And then I think as time has gone on, it slowly evolved how I get the clothing. So buying from Japan right now is really difficult. So that's slowed down. Um, but I think I've grown up, I've grown a, a pretty organic following within the city. So I'm very blessed. Like a lot of my customers will come to me like, Jay, do you want to sell this for me? Got so it. I think, so some consignment yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. You know, on I do cash out people straight away if I, if I love something. But yeah, like kind of a consignment basis. I, I still thrift. The thrift is very difficult now and it feels nearly impossible, the thrift. So I would say the majority of the clothing comes now from from other thrifters who I know and I trade with. Cool, And cool. then a lot, a lot of customers who bring me their clothing. That's interesting. So there's like the community of like, um, you know, other uh, enthusiasts or business owners that where the, the trading and, hap- and things happen. Yeah, that absolutely. And cool. it's, well, it's lucky for me as well because a lot of the other thrifters really aren't into what I yeah. what I sell, and I'm really not into what they sell. So if I find a '90s Tommy, uh, a Polo Sport, Ralph Lauren, or or like a, a, like a, a centered, jersey. yeah, or like a yeah. centered like swoosh hoodie type of thing, you've, you've got it. <laughs> Perfect to them. That's that's, that's gold. Like, gold and i'm like yeah you can have it for free yeah i'm like what have you got and they're like oh we got some easy miyaki and i'm like holy yeah. shit <laughs> like, <laughs> you know so i'm sometimes trading like think it's so it's it's hilarious in a way like how that works but so i'm super fortuitous to have that like i know i know everyone in the game and you know they know me and it's it's a it's becoming a bigger and bigger community all the time but i think once you're involved in it 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 it's is you know everyone knows everyone that's dope and I, i'm guessing like you know there's a lot of like ge- different generations like young and mm. old that are that are kind of getting into this community would you say oh absolutely yeah it's uh it varies i mean there's i think i think you know honestly when i started the the store to be honest with you i didn't know vintage was going to become such a thing like it, it's really blown up i think in the last two years well especially the last year i think yeah especially here in vancouver yeah 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 so the the people wanting to get into it has just gone crazy um you know everyone wants to thrift but i think the one thing people learn as well is with a thrift if you don't put in the time if you don't put in the hours you're getting nothing it, it, it's that simple and do you know what I mean I think a lot of people think they can just rock up to a thrift store and, and find and like find a gem right but like it's yeah, like that, literally those, like those, sifting yeah. through a, a needle in a haystack to find that, oh, yeah. that one I think those days are over <laughs> like you have to be committed now it's 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 crazy but um, yeah so the, the clothes come from multiple avenues but it's definitely harder right now during COVID for sure yeah, and your your product curation, like to me, is like it's like impeccable. Like you got a great, like personally, like you got a great mix of archive designer, and then you got like the vintage luxury, and then you even have your, you know, 
like you you mentioned you, you had a lot of trips to japan so there's a lot of like japanese street wear labels that, uh, thank, that you know so that much, you mate. that you get and you know i personally was was fortunate to be connected to you when i was looking for uh for a personal you know gem of mine so i picked up that livestock arcteryx uh patchwork beta sl yeah, from you so good. that was sick <laughs> yeah really really great jacket yeah, yeah i'm glad you picked that up as well and I think that's super nice about the store as well because you you'd maybe seen a few of the stories and maybe knew about the store and obviously it's in a hard location and then I think what was really nice is was when I finally you know when we met super nice to have that vibe in the store as well as online you know what I mean yeah so when you're picking these the like when you're curating are, is this a reflection of your own personal style, would you say, and brands that you like? Or is there, you know, a certain customer type that, that you have in mind? Oh, no. I think 100% is based on what I like. So it, we're it, shopping out of your closet. <laughs> yes and no. The reason yes is because you wouldn't believe how many things I find with monetary value I will not sell because I don't believe, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that fits the what the store is gotcha but i'm also dictated to by what i put in the store in a way because as much as i choose choose it yes what what am i choosing from things i find things that are offered to me so it's very hard to manipulate the store i exactly want because i'm not going to paris or new york and going oh i love acne studios i'll get some of that or I love Dries Van Noot and I'll get some of that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm not in that position. I, I have, I have to see things, you know, how they can be cool sometimes, which can be hard, a hard part. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I imagine it's also difficult to uh, choose what you would actually put up for sale and what to keep. <laughs> yeah, I've always been pretty good with that, to be honest yeah. with you. I think it's only been the last year I've been like a little bit like, oh, I'll keep that piece. I've always been pretty try. Well, seeing the bigger picture, and also I realise with my location, Jesus, if I don't sell the best things, I'm I'm going out of business. So it was a bit enforced, and uh, yeah, it's difficult sometimes because I have some great pieces of clothing come through the store. Do you have any interesting stories from your buying trips and thrifting locally? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, locally, obviously, I I thrift a lot and um, I've met loads of interesting people through the thrift scene and how trades happen. But obviously, you've got like the local rag houses as well, which where is where you buy by the weight. So um, there's these places. There's probably about six in in greater Vancouver, six or seven of these rag houses. And it's where clothes come from all over North America. So all over from middle America, from middle of Canada, everywhere. And uh, if you've ever been to one of these places, they're incredible. It's They're absolutely huge and it's just floor to ceiling clothes. And they're almost bundled up like hay. And um, yeah, Basically, these clothes will go to these rag houses and then they will go to diff- they'll be sent to different parts of the world, uh, Southeast Asia, India, South America, all over the place. 
And that's been happening, I think, since... I think I'm guessing a little bit, but definitely from, like, since the, the uh, 80s and 90s, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so pretty incredible. And I, I, when I first started the store, I was actually in one of these rag houses, and it was, it was a real experience. Like, it, it's nothing like thrifting. It's uh, down and dirty, and... It, it's you're essentially digging through massive bins and like huge bins of clothing it's uh, it's pretty wild but what you're able to turn up is it, it, it you can find amazing stuff with the rag but it, it, you can also be landed with a bunch of garbage because there's certain weight minimums you have to meet with the rag um but yeah, but the interesting thing about the rag is, uh, leading into it, is a lot of these clothes, um, obviously since the 80s, have been making them, making themselves all around the world. And I think uh, some of the countries latched onto what they had before North America realized what they, what they were giving away. And now that like there's hubs like the Philippines, Vietnam, all with this insane collection of um, rare T-shirts, military items, um, sport uh, sportswear like sports goods, so loads of Nike, and yeah, it's, it's made it super interesting. So just from that happening, all these years, it's created this amazing vintage scene uh, in different parts of the world. Yeah, I think I've seen like even some. Some like like some auctions on IG where they've even featured some of these like South Asian, uh, like vintage sellers, and they got like like the North American guys are just like blown away with with the stuff that they've showed. Yeah, I mean it 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 it, it happened also kind of with the uh, Japan, obviously, kind of taking all the denim as well, and then it all gone before it was too late. <laughs> you know like now if you want to go and buy really crazy like Levi's or Americana Japan has it all which is pretty phenomenal even when I was there on a buying trip you would walk into these stores and it wasn't just one there was 20 30 40 of them with just crazy selections of, of stuff they like you think how did you get this and it, it's just they, they've been literally take, taking it for years obviously with the other countries, Southeast Asia, they acquired it differently. It was kind of sent there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's super interesting, and the stuff they've got is is wild. Yeah, like the rag houses were being shipped over in South Asia, but for the Japanese, like how are they acquiring that denim? They and, they, and they just came, they would just come over. They realized there was such a demand for it. They they send people. There's people uh, now in Vancouver from Japan picking in the racks. Wow. And they load up containers full of stuff. Like, yeah, especially that 40s, uh, especially the 50s stuff. That's such rare stuff. And in Japan, they love it. I mean, if you actually look at a lot of Japanese brands, Capital, uh, Wako Maria, if you actually look at their inspiration and where their stuff comes from, it's all Americana. Think about the jacket, human made, like mm. the, the embroidery they use on like the 50s style jacket. It's it's all inspired from that. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And then do you have any stories around when you were in Japan in terms of like how you were getting pieces? Yes. Like so obviously <clears throat> with my store, there was an emphasis on selling like higher end Japanese goods. 
So when I went there, and I, I kind of realized, you know, I used to get a, I get a lot of Japanese customers, and and they they'd actually always be after more the vintage. They would never kind of ever pay attention to anything like Izzy Miyake, Yoji, Capsule. Never. They would always just buy either the European stuff or the Americana stuff. So it kind of got me thinking, and I spoke to um, this really cool customer I used to have who was from Japan. And um, he was telling me like all the stores there will buy Americana off you, and I was like, I was like, oh wow, because I knew going there the Japanese stuff wasn't going to be that cheap. So I loaded up with loads of as much Americana as I could get my hands on, like a suitcase, like, like, a, like a suitcase. suitcase yeah, exactly. So what I would be in one store one minute selling the stuff to like an Americana vintage store, and then the next minute I'd be in ragtag buying. Oh my god buying like the craziest like wacko maria piece you've ever seen and i bought it with the money i got for the for the item i i you know even times it was just like stussy t-shirts that give me ridiculous money and i'd be like what the hell and i'd so it was the smallest thing i ever did but it 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 it's obviously an effort to go with that many clothes to sell, you know? You had to like it, under, like kind of like under declare things or whatever. Exactly. Sneakily. Like I had no clothes for a week. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was there buying clothes and uh, because I loaded up this suitcase so much, I had no clothes of my own. Um, but it kind of added to the trip and it was, it was such an awesome trip. It was such a, you know, I've been luckily enough, like, to travel all around the world but it was the first time I went to a country where it was pure business like I was it was almost like in and out it was like um, um, <laughs> imagine coming to Vancouver for a week and all you did was go to every vintage <laughs> store every thrift store and like it was definitely experiencing the culture in a different way because negotiating with the Japanese people is very different it, it's almost actually it was a bit easier for me because it was almost a bit like a bit more like England um, in Canada, like businesses done a bit more, how do I say it? Above board. Whereas I feel like with the older style countries, it's a bit more, not that it was illegal, but a bit more, you can sort deals, but the level, the level of communication was difficult with me not speaking Japanese, but it, mm -hmm. it just added to the trip. And I did it with two really cool young Canadian guys. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, that dynamic of it as well, like us just running around every store looking for stuff. It, it was it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I want to kind of get your take on 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 some kind of current things that we've been seeing in in terms of the blurring of uh, high fashion and streetwear. So you know we, we've seen um, Supreme, uh, a streetwear company, back in the day, you know, f parroting. Uh, Louis Vuitton and then you know lo and behold several you know years later now they they come up with official collaborations and are working together and you know Stussy you know Stussy's always taken Chanel inspiration and then now we, we're seeing like Sean Stussy you know working with Dior so yeah what is your view on that whole blurring of high fashion and streetwear? No, I, I think I mean honestly, like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not someone who, who, who I don't sell Supreme, I don't love Supreme, but I massively respect Supreme because I think I started skate, I, I, I was an early two thousand skateboarder where skateboarding was still very nice. uncool, very uncool. Yeah, like where if you had a skateboard, you'd be a loser. Um, 
he'd be like, get a, people would shout and get a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just um, like, uh, do something better yeah. with your time type of but, thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think what's amazing is the whole skate culture is amazing. And, and so many different trends have come from skate fashion. And I think for Supreme to do what they did, they, they, they literally had the luxury brands bowing down to what they did, which is luxury brands have never done before. Mm-hmm. So that that was really incredible, I think. And yeah, I think all the collaborations, I, I personally like, I'm not one forum who buys them, but I think they're cool. And I think... You think uh, that's something that's good, we're going to be seeing more and more? Oh, I think a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I don't like about it is is the is the hypeness about it. I really hate the hypeness of clothing. Um, I just think it's you know what I mean. The turnaround time of what stores have to do now, and one thing comes in, it's huge, and then, and then a it's new there thing for comes a second, in. right? And then yeah, it's, it's there for a second, and I think that's really sad. I think I'm a bit more old school and traditional with my thoughts about clothing. Like I still have the same taste. I I don't wear some of the clothes I wore ten years ago, but I still find them cool. Mm-hmm. and I can do you know what I mean there's, yeah there's I, like I, still some respect and appreciation for it but I'm not gonna wear I, it yeah exactly exactly um but yeah so in terms of like supreme and collaborations I think that will just more and more collaborations will happen all the big brands did it with H&M and I think yes that's just something that will will keep happening it, and then it has I think it has it's cool and it's not so cool in other ways, you know? Yeah, I think it's also like, it's also beginning to spill in, spill into even like, you know, the technical apparel, right? So there's even like Gucci and North Face. And, yeah. and I've, yeah. I've, I've seen even like on Instagram, like rumors of like Jill Sander and Arcteryx possibly. I, I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> I, Arcteryx was on some catwalk. I can't remember what it was. Uh, it was uh, Virgil. Was it Vir- Virgil? Yeah. Yeah. He cut yeah, up some, some Gore-Tex, uh, Arcteryx Gore-Tex and well, I just had it on like, is, yeah. like techwear has become so huge, so huge. Like, um. I mean, look how many people wear tech in Vancouver. How many people wear Gore-Tex? <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm curious, like, what is your, you know, what's your take on having now set up shop in Vancouver for a few years now? You know, what's the outlook on the current state of Vancouver fashion? Vancouver, Vancouver fashion, it, it, it really varies here. I think you've, you've kind of... There's like a few different groups I feel like personally. Oh, a hundred percent. That's why. That's why I try. And, that's why I like to try and keep it varied in the store as much as possible. Like nice. I definitely try and drive a narrative. Um. But I. But I. Yeah, it's a little bit all over the show. You kind of have people who really like Kiko and wide cut pants and. Com de Garçon and Izzy Miyake and then you've got the people who just purely love their Japanese stuff. Everyone loves Arcteryx here. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got the more slightly high-end. Then you've got the very like kind of more European style with the blazers. Um, yeah, it's very. It, it can be very varied in Vancouver. Uh, but there's definitely a, a a main style here as well, and a lot of that is based around 
technical apparel. Yeah, I'd say it'd be like ac- active and 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 comfort really comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that 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 this city just drives that with the things we have here, right? And yeah. um, it's it's definitely Vancouver has a like it's a very definitely contemporary styled city, I'd say. So the vintage scene has been really picking up in Vancouver, and you know I've been seeing a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of like local Instagram vintage sellers even pop up. Um, what are what would you say are some of the things that you've done differently to set Faulkner apart from the competition? Like if someone were to, you know, look into starting a, a vintage business right now, like any tips? Yeah. Um, what have I? I think I've been consistent. Um, I think everything you see in my store, the the the, the not the other stores don't do this, but just speaking of my own, like I I always try and make sense of it, how it would work in the store. And I think I've worked really hard for all the skill I lack. I've worked really hard to always get the clothes. And I think that's been the the biggest thing. I think without the clothes, the store is nothing, you know? Um, yeah, being consistent in my work ethic has kind of kept, I think, the store mm. where it is. And also I've, wor- I've worked with a lot of young, great artists. Like I've had amazing editorials and I think that collaboration with working with people in Van has really helped me establish like a, a following and a great customer base. Yeah, no, I think the, the content, uh, content is key, especially on, on the social platforms, right? So like who, the, from the production of it all and, and getting, you know, eyes and, and the attention on, the, on, on your product and, and getting them into the store. Right. Um, well. Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing. I think the mentality in North America is a little bit different to Europe. I think in Europe we're a lot more accustomed to just go shopping. Um, but I think here a lot of shops we compete with so many elements. We compete with mountains and beaches and a very active lifestyle here. But yeah, it's um, yeah, like I say, I think. One of the best things I did is when I first started the store, I used to have a different Instagram and I used to do editorials every week and the people who would model and take the photos, they'd always repost and support. And it really built a community behind the shop and one that probably keeps the store alive today. No, oh, that's awesome. And because I, I know specifically too, like you'll you'll drop like a little bit of a hint on on your on your feed. And it kind of hints at like, oh, this this piece is in store, and and for you to come in and swing by. So I think that's a, it's a really good strategy that I that I personally think that you've done. Thank you. Yeah, I try not to do that too much because I know people just want to see it online. So I have to be, but I but I have to be smart, and um, it's a challenge. It's 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 a it's a huge challenge I think to get people down there, yeah. and and the, and sometimes the reason I do it is not not to always bring down there people f- so I can make money. It's it's not it's about trying to I think show them something different, and I think the store is different, um, you know. And I, I I think if you ever meet me, I'm never trying to push sales. I'm always just trying to be passionate about the products. Yeah, no, and I think that's the benefit that you actually have, right? It is is running a brick and mortar where customers can come in, 
you know, they can see and feel the products. They can engage with you, right? They can get to know you better and, and exchange stories like what, you know, what we have done when I came in and, yeah, and talked absolutely. to you. And that's what led to, you know, led, led to us talking tonight about yeah, that, absolutely. right? Like, you know, yeah. when, when I have my, you know, if I had my choice, I'd always love to be able to go in and, and be able to see and feel everything and just like, you know, shoot the shit with the shop staff. Right. And, and build yeah, that, no, build that relationship. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, e-commerce and, 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 you know, selling over on Instagram and all that type of stuff, you know, this, this has become a necessity for any business in today's age, right? Like that's definitely not going away. So, you know, how are you overcoming that difficulty of transcending that same like in-store brand experience that, that you'd like to offer? Um, but how does that translate online? Yeah, it's, um, E-commerce is tricky. I think um, I, I'm very blessed. I feel like my Instagram does a lot of the work for me. Um, but, I mean, I, I built the website probably nearly a year ago now, and I'm not utilizing that half as much as I should, to be honest with you. Um, I think that's something I need to work on. I think it's just it's tough balancing my time between finding the clothes and getting everything else done. It's it's almost like I need another person. You're you are a one arm. Sorry, you're a one man army, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I'm all you. Man. It's all me. Faulkner so is you. <laughs> Faulkner is me. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's. Like I say, I'm very lucky to have, a, I think, a very organic Instagram. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you, if I'd say it's lucky because, you know, you you got to be putting in that work, right, and an effort to to curate and create that content on your on your feed. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I pre I appreciate that. Thanks. Well. Well. The reason I think I say lucky is. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. I think it's so hard now. I think for me to gain more traction than I get is really difficult. I think social media outlets have really latched onto the fact it is a business and now you have to pay. pay paid advertising. You, you've got to pay. And and that's all fine and dandy. Um, I, I, you know, in a way I don't mind, pay, I don't mind paying. The, the issue is finding the right people once you paid. I think that's where the tricky bit begins mm -hmm. because if I think if I wanted another 10,000 followers tomorrow, I could probably go and buy them. For sure. Which, which sounds horrendous, but... But I they're not the going to be the ones that are actually going to yeah, be but exactly. staying and like, buying, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always think it's way harder to build an, an online base. You know, if I hadn't had the store, I don't think I'd have half... I would have none of the relationships I really have from the people who buy from me online now. So they really go hand in hand. And I think that there's this, you know, virtually everyone who messages me is like, Hey mate, which I, you know, it's bizarre because obviously Canadians don't say <laughs> mate. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's super nice. So a lot of my customers know me and I think, you know, um, they, 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 they buy through Instagram a lot, which is, hard for me sometimes because I'd love a, I'd love a busy store, but I think with the position we're in right now, you know, I, I can't be unhappy that people are just buying off Instagram. For sure. Another topic that I wanted to bring up was, uh, 
rework and um, upcycling fashion and sustainability, you know, that I feel like that's been the, um, at the top of the mind of, of a lot of fashion enthusiasts nowadays. And we're seeing more brands uh, introducing like fabric scrap materials and natural dyes in their collections. Um, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is that something that um, you would even have plans to, you know, include rework fashion in the offerings um, in the future? Oh, we, well, no, we have done. We have done. We, we, oh. uh, we, we dropped something called Arte Labore, which is uh, Latin for by skill and labor. Um, oh. and that, and that was a huge success that, that sold out completely. I'm actually in the process of getting the next drop sorted. I think, I think I'm going to wait till the summer now, but, um, yeah, that was a huge success. That was, um, Arte Labore was, um, fifties Americana, uh, mixed with Japanese kind of current streetwear. And I think, when we dropped it, we wanted to do something different to like Capital, to Visvim, yeah. to uh, Greg Lauren. But it's difficult because they cover a lot of needles. They cover a lot of bases with reworked clothing. Um, so we did it, and yeah, it was a huge success. And um, yeah, I must I must have dropped about fifteen pieces in total, and all of them sold out. But we only rework on vintage Pendletons, vintage Levi's. Um, I try and I try and find real quality items for us to kind of rework. So that's super nice. That's awesome. What's the? I'd be curious, like what the design process is behind all of that. Or is that that's, like all that's you? That, like um, that's quite a of... funny one, actually. I met an amazing guy who's a, like a, an, he's an amazing tailor, and his he's Rob in Vancouver. Rob yeah, he's in, he's in Vancouver, and I'm. So his name him. was. Uh, Rob Rob Gunn, um, great 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 guy, and I met him just from him buying in the store, and we got talking, and he tells me he makes wedding dresses, he tailors suits, and he, but I can see he's really into clothes, and I said, would you fancy doing a, a like a collaboration of doing some reworks? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Now Rob can make the clothes and I can find the clothes for him to rework, but neither of us were designers. <laughs> so, so we we got the first collection together, we put it together and we just kind of looked at it and thought, what will work? And he's like, why don't I just try some things? And we found some designers we both liked. Like I really love like Dries. He really likes like Junior Watanabe. And I nice. feel like we kind of, we, I, I kind of like, he likes Greg Lauren. I like more capital. So we kind of found a balance in between and it kind of was, yeah, the, the, what we got from that was produced and it, it, we got, the feedback was awesome from it, to be honest with you. And you should go on the Instagram page because um, some of the pieces are there and they actually turned out really well. Like the quality was unreal. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out again. Sounds amazing. So we'll, we're looking at another drop in springtime couple months yeah probably spring summer probably gonna be like uh, i'm thinking like a silk Ooh. collection i'm thinking about getting like designer scarves you know like the old hermes one chanel ones and making like oversized silk shirts i think that could be quite cool oh yeah that and that'd be great i think in vancouver too when it gets uh hot as well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like summer patchwork months. silk yeah. scarves i think that'd be sick yeah so um, what are a few brands then that you're excited about and maybe like would recommend someone to be on the lookout for? 
I mean, I'm quite classical within my brand choice, uh, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I love Dries. I think Dries is amazing. Everything I get in of Dries, I want to keep. Uh, probably same with Easy Miyake as well. Um, but it's nice. I think being in the, the, like having the store has kind of really introduced me to other designers uh, that I wouldn't necessarily have worn before. So that's super nice. But yeah, I think designers, I really like it. It's difficult for me. I work with clothes all the time, different designers all the time. So I, I think in my personal time now, I shut off from it a little bit. I think the dynamic has changed with me. I think someone who is still super into clothes and enthusiastic about clothes, but the, the, the brand element is not so important to me anymore. Yeah, it's more about like the, the feel and, and this, the shape, would it be? Yeah, that's I'd say. Yeah, it's more about the style. Yeah. Like I'm definitely, like I say, drawn more to like Dries and Izzy, but very classical with it, you know, within my choices. But yeah, it's definitely more just. I don't know. It sounds funny. I think I'm around clothes so much. It's, <laughs> it's, it's different for me now. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, this has been great, James. Like really great. I just want to thank you again for taking the time this evening to to chat. Um, and you know, before we end things off, where can everyone find you? What's the socials for for Faulkner? Yeah, thank you so much. I just want to say, yeah, huge thank you. Like, uh, it's really cool doing this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'm the best at doing it, but uh, yeah, it was it was really good fun. So thank you. Um, yeah, the socials at Shop Faulkner on Instagram. Um, and then it's www.shopfaulkner.ca for the website and uh, the store's downtown Eastside 136 East Hastings just Fridays and Saturdays currently and yeah the, uh, and I think the best thing about the store is it's, it's really open to anyone and it's not for everyone for sure but it's well you've met me you know um, anyone who comes in is always very welcome yeah, I think it's you're open for a good chat, and uh, that's that's how we landed where we are tonight. So thanks again, man. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to catch up in in person again. So yeah, man, take care and uh, yeah, stay safe and talk soon. Thank All you. All right, take it easy. Peace. Peace. That wraps up today's select audio session, but it doesn't end here. Let's continue to build up the community and conversations online. Follow Amass on Instagram at amass.ed for street culture content and hit us up in the DMs with any topics or guests you'd like us to cover. Check out our website, amassed.ca, and comb through our curated selection of products from our archive.